Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, March 14th, 2018, Pi Day. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. Wait, are you really? You sure you're not like Shadow Stevens or Wolfman or something? <laughs> well, yeah. A little under the weather, a little, little deep and gravelly today, huh, James? Yeah, today's uh, work from home day. <laughs> well, I will uh, talk like this for the rest of the show as well. Um, <laughs> no, I won't do that. I won't subject people to that. Uh, but before we get started, I do want to say yesterday we uh, threw a little bit of shade towards the Mile High City, or you did really, James. I was talking to one particular, one particular person. You cast dispersions on the whole city, um, but I'm not pointing fingers or anything. But we want to say that we obviously know that, that not everybody in Denver, as was pointed out to us by a couple people, um, not everybody in Denver um, wears those ugly red hats and thinks that all people of color are evil. Uh, just that one guy who wrote that letter to the editor in the Denver Post. Oh, abso- uh, absolutely. Uh, I have lo- lots of dear friends in Denver in the Mile High City. And uh... <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like all my best friends. I've got, you know, my best friends black. I've got I've got really good friends in Denver. I do. I really do. OK, sure. you do. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I was just more surprised that the Denver Post ran those the two. Uh, we only talked about one letter. There was actually two letters. Uh and <laughs> there, were, there were two letters, F and U. Yeah. Oh, wait, not what you meant. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Let's get into the news. Uh, first up in the news, musical about inventor Joy Mangano aims for Broadway. Oh, yeah, James. Yesterday, a press release was sent out alerting the collective theatrical media that the life story of Joy Mangano has been optioned for a Broadway musical. You'll remember that in 2016, Academy Award winner Jennifer Lawrence was nominated for another Academy Award for playing Mangano in the David O. Russell film Joy. Or maybe you won't remember that because it wasn't a very good movie. Anyway, if you are unfamiliar with Joy, uh, in the early 1990s, she was a divorced mother of two who invented a self-ringing mop called the Magic Mop. Then through the power of QVC and her hard work and tenacity, she built a multi-billion dollar empire, became a multi-millionaire many times over, and is now a fixture as an investor and an inventor all over the place. Now, there's no creative team or timeline associated with this proposed show as of yet, likely because there is no show as of yet because they just optioned the rights to her life. But the always entrepreneurial Ken Davenport is the producer behind this would be musical. And he said that, quote, a creative team will be announced in the future. I I would certainly hope so. <laughs> um, that kind of goes without saying. But um, James, I, I am a firm believer that Any concept, no matter how ludicrous and ridiculous on paper, can be made into a good musical, obviously, if it is executed well. Look no further than Urinetown or Sweeney Todd. Those things on paper do not sound like musicals, but they were written so well that it made sense. However, knowing what I do about Mangano's life story and having seen the film of her life, which was made by some of the best people working in Hollywood, I feel like this is going to have to be done almost perfectly to even remotely justify a musical adaptation. Um, So if we're thinking about a single mother 
who defies the odds and through her own creativity and tenacity goes on to become this huge, gigantic success. Do you have any writing teams in mind that you would like to suggest uh, to Mr. Davenport, James? The only thing I'm going to ask is whatever they do with this show, please don't make it an all male creative team. <laughs> That's. <laughs> You know it's going to happen. I mean, with all no disrespect to anybody, I mean, it's going to be Jerry Mitchell and uh, you know a couple other people. You know, Brian Adams might come over. It's just they're going to do something where it's all men, and it's going to be annoying and it's going to be dumb. Uh, so hopefully they get like Janine Tesori or somebody else uh, involved, so it's not just the same regurgitated male-driven stuff that we always get. Well, on a more positive note, I uh, I saw yesterday that uh, Georgia Stitt headed down to the Signature to start work on her new show. So, uh, I mean, yeah, uh, actually, Julie uh, Julie Muspack went to I think was it on Monday night? There was something over at the Times Center. Yes, where uh-huh. went. That's yeah, right. Julie yeah. Julie went and they uh, Georgia debuted a couple songs from uh, from her new show. I didn't really I haven't really talked to Julie about it much other than she said the whole event was great. We didn't talk about the song specifically, but um, we you know Georgia Stitt would be another good person to get involved, Mister Davenport. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Lucy Lortel Awards find a pair of stars to co-host. We yeah, know one of those stars, don't we? We do. We do. Uh, we are friendly with one of them. Just one of them, though. Um, yesterday, Vulture reported that the 33rd annual Lucille Lortel Awards will be hosted by none other than Tony Winner and former Drama Desk host Laura Benanti and her co-star on the TV show The Detour, Jason Jones of the pairing Benanti and her normal acerbic wit said that you can expect quote one beautiful hilarious theater star who has a deep respect for the theater and all it stands for in a middle-aged white guy um if people <laughs> oh, I love Laura. if you are unfamiliar with who Jason Jones is he was a longtime correspondent on the daily show with Jon Stewart and he was not only on that show but as a co-creator on the detour he often works with his real life wife Samantha B um so if you you might know Samantha B more than you know Jason Jones but he is Absolutely hilarious, and you need to watch the detour. I think it's uh, they just season three is airing, and Laura Benanti became a series regular uh, in season three after guest starring in season two. But anyway, um, the Lortels will be held at the NYU Skirball Center on Sunday, May sixth. In addition to celebrating the best of off Broadway over the past year, they will also honor Eve Ensler with a Lifetime Achievement Award, the WP Theater with an Outstanding Body of Work Award, and the late Michael Friedman, who will posthumously be inducted into the play playwrights sidewalk. Nominations for the Lucille Lortel Awards will be announced and tickets will go on sale on April 3rd. Now, James, I was kind of holding out hope as dim of a hope as it might be that because of her connection with CBS is playing Melania Trump on uh, The Colbert Show that Benanti might have an outsider's punching chance of at least maybe co-hosting the Tonys this year. But if that's not going to happen... At least hopefully the Lortels will live stream their rewards or something, because when she hosted the drama desk those couple years, it was mwah, perfection. Do you know, is uh, Jason Jones Canadian? Why am I thinking he's Canadian? He might be. It seems like a lot of people in uh, I'm looking at him now, a lot of people in a comedy or comedian. But yes, he is Canadian. I, I believe uh, Samantha B is as well. Yes, I know Samantha was, but... Uh, he has dual citizenship. He's from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, the same hometown as one Casey Levy. Ah, excellent. There's the big tie-in. Well, you know, he's <laughs> going to be funny because he's Canadian. 
Yes. Yes. Kind of goes without saying. Yeah. Gretchen and was very nice. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> very nice people. All right. Uh, details merge about the New York Times sexual misconduct investigation. Yeah, I, I don't know how to take this article, James, because it comes from the New York Post's page six, and it seems a little bit like they're stirring the pot against the New York Times, just in the way that it's written. But basically, this article has a headline of theater owners up in arms over sexual harassment survey. It's written by Ian Moore and Emily Smith. And basically, the article talks about the reaction that theater owners have had to a survey that was sent out by New York Times reporter Michael Paulson, um, asking them to look back over the details of sexual sexual harassment cases over the past 20 years in the specific theater's histories. In this letter that was sent out going along with the survey, Polson wrote, quote, I am collaborating with several of my colleagues in the Times culture section on a look at how major nonprofit arts organizations have handled sexual harassment and assault complaints. There's a list of 10 questions that apparently needs to be returned to the Times by March 30th that talks about how many sexual harassment or assault complaints has a theater had over the past 20 years? When were they received? Um, what, what were the different kinds of conduct that were reported? How were they? handled? Um, did you pay any money out to people who who submitted um, some sort of complaint? But apparently a lot of these nonprofit companies um, at different places like the Public Manhattan Theater Club and the Signature Theater are a little uh, unnerved by this survey. One of the theater representatives said off the record or on background at least, quote, the Times is behaving like the Inquisition. Theaters are referring this to their lawyers, and the lawyers are saying we should send the same questions to the New York Times Human Resource Department. Um, I think uh, from this article, a lot of people are also concerned that if they don't answer or don't provide full information, that they could either look guilty by association or prompt the Times to do a further investigation into their history. A rep for the Times said, quote, we don't comment on what may or may not appear in the Times, but as the Post continues to stir the pot a little bit, they do point out that for a long time at the end of last year and the beginning of this year, the theater world was uh, really nervous about a rumored bombshell report uh, coming from Paulson in the Times that did not, as of now, materialize. Um, you know, I like I said, I feel like the post in page six is kind of taking a, a, a swipe at its competition as much as that's a competition for them um, here in this article. But I do understand the, the concerns when you are doing it this way with this this blanket survey sending out to people without any having having any sort of reporting behind it and just asking for people to voluntarily turn over information that could be damaging to them, I can understand where the theaters, at least from a CYA perspective, um, could be a little hesitant to participate, even if the intentions of the times are honorable. This is the vacuum that's created by Riedel not being uh, working. How, how so? Uh, you know, because Riedel's not working, uh, Riedel would have had a column about this and we'd have got more information about it this than... You know, page six is the New York Post. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, I said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm just uh, I'm just saying that I think that we'd get more information about this uh, than that. Um, you brought up the point that the Paulson article on Broadway has been long talked about and never came mm -hmm. out. And uh, we also haven't talked on Broadway radio because it's not really Broadway-ish, but that James Levine over at the Metropolitan Opera was fired for mm -hmm. sexual harassment. Uh, and uh, I, uh, I don't know if sending out a, 
you know, sending out a, a survey is right. journalistic. Right. Know, and that's uh, my that's my only concern. I, like I said, I think getting to the bottom of this is absolutely what Michael Paulson should be doing. I just feel like if you're going to do this and ask people to voluntarily turn over information, you should have it shouldn't just be like a BCC email that you send out to people asking them to respond. They should have some sort of information to back this up and and ask specific questions. It just kind of feels like a fishing expedition here rather than as a journalist, you're trained to ask questions um, that are very specific. Ask questions that have a specific answer. Don't just throw things out and hope that someone gives you news. Know what you're going and trying to find. All right. We, uh, I'm sure that we'll hear more about this in the uh, coming mm-hmm. weeks. Uh, what's happening in the show and casting news? All right. First up, yesterday, the Denver Center for the Performing Arts announced the full casting and creative team for the Resident Theater Company's upcoming production of The Who's Tommy, directed by Sam Buntrock. Playing that title role will be none other than stage and screen star Andy Mientis. The uh, show will run in Denver from April 20th through May 27th. Um, James, this is one of those shows we always talk about very well could be due for a revival at some point. And when you get somebody like Andy Mantis to do a show of a, with a big company out of town, who knows what kind of producers might make their way out to that aforementioned mile high city to see the show with uh, maybe some intentions of potentially bringing in New York. That that's true. I mean, uh, I, I don't think that Tommy ever really got its due on Broadway. I, I thought it was much better than what everybody else, uh, I, I shouldn't say everybody else, but but the reviews, and I felt it should have had a longer life on Broadway. Uh, and maybe now is the new time for Tommy. That'd be great. I love. Yeah, especially especially when you think about who uh, early in their career who was in that show. I mean, yeah. you've got Michael Cerveris, Norm Lewis, Alice Ripley, and I'm sure there's more that I'm forgetting. That's just off the top of my head. I mean, th- sure. these are great people, so there is obviously talent. But sticking out of town, let's go a little bit south from Denver down to St. Louis, where yesterday it was announced that we already knew that the Muni would be doing uh, St. Uh, the the Muni Theater in St. Louis will be doing Meet Me in St. Louis as part of their 100th season. But yesterday they announced that Broadway writer and director Gordon Greenberg will actually be revising the book before the show comes back to the Muni for the eighth time this August. The show is going to run at that gigantic outdoor theater from August 4th through the 12th. Obviously, the casting hasn't been announced as of yet, but that stuff should probably start to come here over the next few weeks um, and months. Uh, but Gordon Greenberg is does this kind of stuff a lot. He works with a lot of shows as kind of a, a script doctor. He's directed a lot of things all over the place. He was the director um, uh, for Holiday Inn. So he's worked with a lot of these. You know, he was also, and he also did the book for that. And he's directed um, Guys and Dolls over in the West End, which we talked about yesterday with Rebel Wilson. So he's got a lot of history of working with these classic shows uh, and, and kind of getting them ready for a newer audience. All right. And finally, in this section, James, yesterday, Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS announced details about this May's Broadway Poker Tournament fundraiser. I am going to reiterate that anybody who wants to sponsor me for the $500 entry, I will gladly give you any prize that I win or maybe we can split it. Um, But Broadway Broadway bets will happen at Sardi's this May 14th. It's a Monday night. Broadway stars, industry industry insiders and theater fans will raise the stakes at the Texas Hold'em Tournament and there will be 
all kinds of different things going on, including um, hors d'oeuvres and an open bar. You can sponsor an entire table uh, if you want to. Um, prizes will be awarded for every player who reaches the final table. You can get into the tournament for a minimum of five hundred dollars. Um, I'm just saying I'm pretty good. I mentioned yesterday I subscribed to Poker Go. Uh, I, I know what I'm doing. I, I think I can beat some of these Broadway people who don't know what a flush is. But anyway, we always love the stuff that Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS does. Uh, last year's Broadway Bets tournament raised over 200 or almost $287,000 as a fan actually won the tournament. Ken Ruck won beating Steve Martin uh, in the finals. So uh, not not a bad deal there if you can beat Steve Martin and contribute to a really worthwhile cause. And that's awesome. I love that. Um, Broadway bets. We're going to have to talk about that. I, I didn't know you were good oh, yeah. at poker. Well, I mean, good is a relative term. I'm not, I don't spend my summers in Vegas uh, at the World Series of Poker, but that is a bucket list thing for me, my dad, and my brother is to go out get like a, a an apartment or a hotel suite for like a month and just play in as many world series of poker tournaments as possible. Huh. Cool. All right. What do we have in the recommendation section? Okay. I've got three things and I'm going to get through them really quickly here. But the first, uh, the cast of the upcoming Encore's production of Grand Hotel met, met the press yesterday. A couple different sites have different video clips because you can record and then pick what minute or so of performance you want to show. The one I'm going to put in the show notes is obviously from Broadway World, where we have um, Brandon Uranowitz, uh singing from the title song and Helena York singing um, The Girl in the Mirror. It's I I've look. Everyone knows I'm going to the show. I'm very excited about this. This video made me even more excited. Helena York is perfect. Of course, that's why I predicted she was going to be in it. But it's really, really good. And also, Brandon Uranowitz, man, I was a little nervous about him being cast uh, in this role just because even though he's not too different in the age that Michael Jeter was when he played it on Broadway, he just seems much younger and be honest, much healthier um, than Michael Jeter looked. So I, I I don't know how that will come across on stage, but man, does he sound fantastic. So anyway, this show will run from March 21st through 25th at New York City Center. The second uh, video that I'm going to mention here is very similar. It has to do with a very short run concert presentation of a beloved show that met the press yesterday, and that is the Kennedy Center's upcoming concert production of In the Heights. In this, we saw um, some dancing and some uh, some stuff uh, from the club section in the show. Uh, A lot of dancing from Vanessa Hudgens. Then we got a little bit of breathe from Anna Viafanie. Got to admit, she didn't sound great. Um, She sounded okay, but uh, it seemed a little bit out of her range. Maybe she's not ready for it yet. But as we saw with chess, um, the stuff in the rehearsal videos didn't sound perfect, but apparently when... Raul had his voice, everything sounded much better during the performances, so I'm sure they'll get that figured out. But either way, there's a lot of choreography, so this is definitely not just going to be a a hold-your-book-and-stand kind of thing. And then finally, James, yesterday, the two current stars of Broadway's Hello, Dolly, Bernadette Peters and Victor Garber, went over and visited the folks at The View, and that brought up two things. Someone mentioned this on the Broadway World message boards, and I'm so unbelievably angry that I did not remember this myself, but... If you think back to the 90s um, TV adaptation of Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella with Brandy and Whitney Houston, I forgot that not only did Victor Garber play the king, 
Whoopi Goldberg played the queen when she's on The View, and Bernadette Peters played the wicked stepmother. So I can't believe that I didn't put all of that together beforehand. But anyway, Victor and Bernadette were on The View, and Bernadette was talking about her pre-show rituals, and apparently that includes push-ups. So Victor Garber and Bernadette Peters did a little bit of a push-up competition at the end of their segment. I'm, spoiler alert here, Bernadette Peters won, and she... Uh, She's amazing. She's so impressive. Uh, everyone knows about her guns and her arms. And uh, as <laughs> I think it was Whoopi said, now I know where those arms come from uh, because she was rocking them out. So very fun thing to see those two Broadway legends uh, kind of pumping, uh, pumping themselves up in their pre-show ritual on TV yesterday. I've long had a huge crush on Bernadette Peters. Loved, uh, who hasn't? Yeah. Love Danny, get your gun. And uh, I just, you know, uh, anything you can do, I can do better. I can imagine her doing that with Victor Garber <laughs> during the push-ups. Yes. You know. Yes, and she did, and she did. <laughs> All right, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter at bwwmat and subscribe to Something I Pop on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and also, hey, send James some healing love if you believe in that. Put it out into the world. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayVideo.com and BroadwayStars.com. I really didn't mean all that bad things about Denver. Just, just, <laughs> no, I know. There's I... some bad people there, you know. And there's, there's some bad great people, people everywhere. There. Yeah, there there's is. bad people everywhere. There is. Uh, and uh, thanks for spending some of your Wednesday with us. Matt and I will probably be back tomorrow if... Unless, uh, yeah. Unless you're dead. Cold. I mean, oh, ouch. I mean... <laughs> If you're dead, you won't be back. That's true. Uh, So uh, maybe Matt will talk to you tomorrow then. (laughs) (laughs) No mourning period. We're going straight into Thursday's show if you die. (laughs) 